views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not reflect the views or endorsement of any entity. Nothing being said on this podcast should be considered as investment advice. Look at this. Whoa. This is the shock to even to us. I, we did not see this coming. <laughs> I, I had no idea there was going to be this massive wide shot of us. I like it, though. I this like is it. real, by the way. This, this is, is cool. not like uh, Photoshop <laughs> so, in or anything. So I saw this yesterday on Mao's tweet, and I was like, oh, sweet. They made this giant poster that's going to go behind us. This is a screen. Yeah. This is a digital this display. This is an LED screen. It's, it's pretty like a amazing. massive damn this. It's it's <laughs> huge. Uh, I like it. I asked Mal, do, do we know how much this thing costs? If it, I know it's a rental, <laughs> but like to get one of these in your house is just nuts. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. Um, there's like big ass server racks behind it. Whatnot. It's, it's there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot going into making these uh, <laughs> these three numbers and uh, these five letters uh, work. Uh, a lot of computation. It's pretty awesome. All right. Well, this is 100 Proof, your weekly variety show that covers all things NFTs, including royalties going away and everything failing, uh, which we'll get into today. We, I'm more, I'm more <laughs> optimistic. We'll, we'll get into be, it. This is going to be a fun chat. It'll um, be good. We've got, uh, of course, Derek here from Cloud Currency. Hello, hello. Let's go. Good to have you. We've got Amanda over here as well. Hello. Hello. Amanda is actually next to us we can actually see and hear amanda uh, we can almost high five you we can it's almost like, high five like you. seven feet away pretty much yeah i like it i like yeah, it it's, pre it's pretty awesome it's a good little spot it's good we also got uh eli on the show today as well he's he's let's remote go. gm gm oh I let's noticed go you changed your back camera in canada because you had your dog running <laughs> around you? earlier i wanted to show your dog <laughs> yeah. weirdest tail ever it's, it's a good looking dog. <laughs> yeah. the, the dog is uh, is embarrassed after Kevin's uh, Kevin's comments. Nah, so we switched it up. Oh, it's a cute dog. Uh, the haircut was a little tight <laughs> for the summer, though. Um, all right. So we've got uh, a few things that we got to ch uh, chat about first, real quick. Um, Eli is going to have iconic artist Sam Spratt on the show. I'm excited. Couldn't be more thrilled for this. When you when you think about, in my mind like blue chip top five artists right now, like Sam's in a hundred percent in that list, right? Like just absolutely, absolutely legendary art artist and uh, very excited to hear about his new project that he's working on and launching. So that'll be great. Um, and then we're going to talk about OpenSea, um, the, the creator fee change that has happened. Yep. And also this new app that has been taking off where you can buy shares of people with Ethereum called FriendTech. Which um, we've seen this kind of model tried a couple other times before. This is one that you and I started messing around with. Yeah. You got me on it. You sent me an invite code. Uh, it was your financial advice for me to get involved. <laughs> Not true. Um, this is so. I think what's cool about this, and we'll get into it, is like, why don't we spend some time? Uh, <laughs> that was my phone. That was my phone dropping. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we spend some time unpacking why this thing? Is interesting we'll and why that. people are excited about it. I think we should do it from that perspective. 100%. We also have uh, some highlights from Grails 4, and then we are going to be doing a live Mythic giveaway. Amanda's going to be spearheading that one, uh, which is going to be pretty awesome. Live Mythic Egg reveal and giveaway. So stick around for that. Uh, follow us on Proof Podcasts on Twitter. I'm sorry, on X. 
which is twitter.com slash proof podcast. It's not x.com still. We can use that. Yeah, I, guess. I think it's x.com now. I think it's a. I don't like the, the yeah. iOS icon change. They made it like edgy and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a little Ed Hardy, which it, I listen. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. <laughs> so I'm into it, but like not, I don't think on my home screen. Yeah, I don't like it either. We've got and we've got a shoe game going on today. Look at that. We do. We got, got the full. I like. Can you tell us about yours? These are pretty sweet. Uh, these are some. Uh, when Virgil, um, the designer behind Off White, passed away from cancer, unfortunately, iconic, amazing designer. Um, I picked up a pa- picked up a pair of uh, his Off White shoes that he had still designed before mm. a new designer took over. So these are just a pair of sneaks from uh, from Off White, which I love. Damn, Kev's always gonna kill us in the shoe game. No, you've, just, got, you've got great shoes. I got great shoes. You've got but Tom Sachs on. I got Tom Sachs on, but you, you, you always know how to take it to a, a different level. We'll That's get you awesome. hooked up. We talked about creating our own shoes. Remember? We did. It was like, we, we did. All right. Um, <laughs> Amanda, save us. We're off the rails on Friday per usual. Kevin is, he's in a glitch mode. I'm in a glitch this mode. This guy's oh, yeah. got a new glitch. He's feeling a little sassy today. Got a new moonbird. Talking shit on Eli's poor dog. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So I'm here. To, uh, to gift away this mythic egg. I'm super excited. We're gonna do, we like the little, tr- we like a little trivia. So we have a pre-mint uh, link that we posted on Twitter and on Discord, X, whatever. Um, and uh, so when we give that sort of like little hint for the password, then you'll be able to, uh, to enter this giveaway. But what we're gonna do is actually like crack open an egg today. I'm super excited because I've never actually gone through the process, you know, rip because I don't have an egg uh, that's been, uh, you know, activated. So I'm excited to kind of go through it. We have a runic egg, so we'll have two choices. And uh, I'm going to make Kevin and and Derek pick the one that we give away. Let's go. Um, And so I think there's a little... There's a little significance in there, like, you know, curated specifically by Kevin and Derek. This is your mythic egg. So I'm super excited. Um, for provenance. That. It'll be fun. It'll provenance. You guys said go. it. It must be true. It must we be don't true. have royalties. We need something. We got provenance left. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, awesome. I'm super excited. Why don't you kick us off, Kev? You've been thinking a lot about this one. Yeah. Just so set the stage for so us. So OpenSea um, did an announcement, a tweet yesterday. Uh, we have a, a little copy of that tweet here. Basically saying that, uh, I mean, the TLDR is that they're they're done with royalties. They're going to make them optional across the board. They say, hey, not everyone abided by the rules, and like you know, we're so we're out. And so they are going to. I think it's by they're they're doing this in two tranches. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, in the next few months, all royalties are effectively zero because no one's going to pay them. Uh, th- that said, there might be some artists that say, unless you pay my royalties, you're not eligible for the next drop or whatever. But I, I just think that's such a weird thing. And it feels to me as though, at least for now, um, royalties are, are gone. And this really concerns me for a couple of reasons. One is that every startup in the last, let's just call it... Um, Two years uh-huh. uh, since, say, say there, I put these in two big, two major groups. Okay, well, three, three major groups. One, there's artists that launch NFTs that use secondary royalties for additional revenue streams. Right, uh-huh. that's that's great. They yep. can make more art. I'm not saying this is a, like obviously a lot of them were very excited about ongoing royalties as you uh, one would be, but they can make more art. Um, okay, I think they're going to be fine, right? X copies still going to be selling X copies, right? Uh-huh. Then you've got another group that is, you know, PFP creators. 
Yeah. Um, they raised money and a lot of them uh, were using the royalties to fund ongoing development, whether yes. it be future collections. Um, some of them, you know, gave away their, their initial uh, NFTs. Um, you know, we gave away 2,000 of our Moonbirds completely for free. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, um, there was this expectation that with royalties enabled, there would be this perpetual revenue stream that would fund a staff of people to continue to build for that ex said community, right? Yeah. Now that that is completely gone, and don't get me wrong, the, the vast majority of it was gone, but you still had some newer collections that had royalties enabled. Captains had royalties enabled. There were some more modern, the new Mythics collection had royalties enabled because we were abiding by the rules. Yeah. Those revenue streams are now, you know, you, when you have your financial projections for, say, call it the next, you know, year, that entire line item just gets wiped off, yeah. right? And so you see that we can no longer count on that as revenue. You have companies that are well capitalized that keep teams small, and then you have companies that have actually hired up a shit ton of people, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm worried that that those projects are in danger of having to downsize, of having to reduce scope of things that they want to build. And then lastly, the one that I was really excited about is um, just this, like, well, also, that was PFPs, but I also put clubs in there as well. Uh. So, like, you know, uh, any of the major clubs that came out there that relied on secondary royalties. Yep. I mean, we were in this camp with the Proof Collective initially. Um, yes, we did sell... Uh, you know, the initial passes, but then, you know, over the last year, almost we've all received almost zero royalties because yep. everyone's just sidestepped the entire process, right? Yep. And so when you have something that you say, hey, I promised you for X number of years, it's going to be hard for some of these projects that didn't do proper cash management to be able to yep. deliver on those promises. So I put clubs in there as well. Um, and the last part was that the physical side of this piece was it was really exciting to me and that this was this idea that you could launch a pair of sneakers you could sell sell the nft it would get traded and retraded the original holders and warehouse of those sneakers would get paid to hold on to them and then ship them out to you there was this new model where physicals could be attached to digital nfts yes. and the royalties would be used to help like you know, even store and ship the and 3PL, do the yes, fulfillment, exactly all of fulfillment, the all the infrastructure, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now that's gone. Yeah. So fuck, it's a little, it's it's tough to a tough pill to swallow yeah. right now. Yeah. I'll also just just to add, everything you're saying resonates with me. I think because such a big void is being left in the market around these you know revenue models and these business models that I think a lot of artists, creators, clubs, uh, platforms are kind of relying on. What we have seen across the space is a lot of different, there's been, it's been a lot of opinions on like how to solve this problem moving forward. Uh, we pulled up an XCopy tweet here. He uh, sent this out this morning. Uh, X's view is mint some one to ones, one of ones to your vault, maybe hold back 20 to 50% of an addition. Uh, and this gets the job done. And as you need liquidity or you want, you know, additional revenue to come into the door as an artist, you can sell into the market given the work that you've put in. I definitely think that this is an approach that artists could take, have taken. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen this model work. Um, obviously, and, and he flags it, it's not as elegant as something programmatic, but um, it could service, you know, the, some of the, the, the void, the, uh, some of the what's left in this void here. I think there's, there's other views. Uh, I know Sam Spratt, who's going to be joining us today, um, had a really great tweet as well. I don't know if you've got this up here, CT. Here it is. 
Um, I'll just read it out. The only code I've ever found that preserves something like this is human honor and trust, and they are not given lightly. The world and these platforms owe us nothing. We can argue about fairness, about anything forever, but at a certain point, we have to take responsibility and create in a way that earns this ongoing support, a human connection where you've given enough to receive behavior that normally for perspective requires punitive force to bring forth in most other aspects of the world. Uh, how... I guess I mean that feels like a yeah. very snowfro take as well, it right? Is, yes. Like that's in and, and they're aligned. And I, I think this makes a lot of sense for artists. I you know, I, I the, the stuff that that worries me is what falls outside of 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 this realm, right? Like when X copy said, for example, uh, if we can go back to the X copy one, he said, hold some back and then you can sell them off. Can you imagine if Moonbird started selling some of our Moonbirds from our company vault mm. for money? Yeah. People would be like oh shit, Moonbirds has lost confidence in their project, we're yeah. out, right? You can tank the floor of a project if you are a PFP collection and you start exiting out to, to raise more funds. Now that might change. Yeah, but standards I think, might change. Standards yeah. might change, yeah. but I think, I think if anyone sells that is a, is a, well, a company, mm. it shows a lack of, of confidence in your future it's valuation. True. It's different than an artist. I definitely take your point. Um, yeah, I also the, have a, a, yeah. a question. What do you guys think about? Um, I think it's a really great idea when artists, you know, hold back the collection. But in terms of like, I think with royalties or something about like it kind of coming continuously in one way or the other, especially if they have some volume. So this idea of being able to ha hold back, I think it's a good one for like, you know, a rainy day or retirement yes. if you're not planning on selling anytime soon. Um, but if you, uh, you know, have, if you wouldn't want to sell your, your art for like a lower price than it is now, how do you feed yourself? How do you actually pay the bills? Yes, maybe royalties shouldn't be that, but but it's an interesting way that I, I think, I, I don't know how like consistent artists can do that and what that actually looks like in practice. You yeah. know? Does, do you guys know of any artists who do that on any sort of consistent basis or anything? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Most of the artists that I can think of, they they go and they just create something new. You know, they they'll, they'll say, "Hey, yeah. I'm gonna do a new one of one," and then that brings in another four ETH. You this know? is, I think, the view that you're stating now, Kevin, is like largely the view of how products and services and work and objects get created in the real world, right? Like we don't have programmatic mm -hmm. royalties that flow back to anything that's created. Like mm -hmm. when I you know, buy a meal or I buy an object or I buy a video game or uh, there are, I mean, humans have not been trained for like programmatic royalties to exist for the things that we purchase and consume. This is really a, a model that, you know, we, we had the design space by which to build that into the work that was getting created here. And there were standards that got created out of it. But to your point, uh, there is a whole world out there that exists of like how products, objects, art, can get created and sustain livelihood, businesses, the corporate function. And so there may end up being some of that injected into the, the void that's left here. Yeah. It, there's no easy answer there here. There isn't any easy answer here. I think where I'm at is we're probably going to see lots of approaches and it's going to take time and it's going to be messy. And maybe what happens, Kevin, to your point is that clubs uh, and PFPs converge on one model. Maybe that's incentivized royalties and, Maybe royalties are closer to 1% or 1.5%, something that the market is willing to bear. Maybe artists converge on withholding back some of the supply. Maybe we see this design space of products and services get created on an ongoing, on an ongoing basis without you know, relying on royalties, much like the real world, the physical plane that we exist. So I, 
my view is we'll probably see a lot of experimentation. I'd love to see some convergence over time. Yeah. But um, this isn't easy. I, I think the, the club thing is, you know, in taking it back to the real world, for example, so um, there's a club in, in Napa that's a, a winery club called the Napa Valley Reserve. And it's a really awesome, like, high-end club. And the way there's an application and all that stuff, like any typical mm -hmm. club, and you give them a deposit, and they take that deposit and then they'll go and put it in bonds or whatever they decide to do. And yes, there are ongoing kind of membership fees and whatnot. But if you ever decide to exit down the road, you get that deposit back. Mm. And so, you know, a la basic with the latest drop, I think that there is there is ways in which NFTs can be sold as a deposit and then saying. yield come off of that staked Ethereum and be paid back to the artists and back to the platform, right? Mm -hmm. And so at any point, you can always exit back out, get your deposit back out, destroy that asset. There's something there, but then again, now you're saying, okay, well, how long is Ethereum gonna actually have yields? Mm -hmm. What are the yields gonna be over time? If the yield drops to a half a percent or a percent, is it, any, is it really a meaningful revenue stream at that point yeah. for any artists? But I do like that model because it doesn't require churn to produce revenue. Yeah. Because if anything, like like we'll talk with, with with Sam and his collections, like you know, they're so sought after. They rarely t change hands. Yeah. Because you just want to hold that. Like you're long. He's got some great long term collectors, and you know, it's it's almost like if you're the the best artists are going to get probably the most penalized in a royalty world, right? Mm. To some extent, unless you have massive, like, you know, PFP collections that have, you know, turnover. Yeah, no, all great points. This will be an evolving conversation. We're going to track this one closely as the weeks go by. Uh, but let's stay tuned and, and kind of keep an eye out on this. Yep, sounds good. All right, Derek, story number two. You got me into this one. Friend tech. I dropped my phone. I was so excited. I'll, I'll, I'll set the stage. Um, so... What is Frentech? Frentech is, uh, I'll do a terrible job, I'll probably butcher this, but very high level, Frentech is a place where you can follow uh, content creators. And content creators can be your friends, content creators can be people who just uh, make you know, uh, written content. I mean, today the product, the, the platform is very primitive, uh, but it's this idea that you can follow and subscribe to a creator. And uh, you, that creator, as soon as they link their Twitter account, as soon as they um, Web3 auth in with an address or get one assigned to them, uh, a bonding curve gets spin up uh, around that creator that allows people to buy and sell into the curve in real time. And uh, what happens when you buy into somebody's a content creator's curve? You get to see all of the message that they want to send out to the group. Uh, other, You can have a conversation with the creator. Other people can have a conversation with the creator. But uh, as a collector, as one of the owners, as the consumer, you actually can't see what anybody else is saying. So right now there's some access control, some gating around the content that's happening on the platform. Now, right now it's just text. And the way people are using it is mostly just AMAs, getting to know people, seeing how they think about the market or seeing what they're into or learning a little bit more about you can't really do an AMA though, right? Because only no one else can see the question. Yeah. So, like, what I've been doing, for example, on my friend tech is people will write me questions and then I'll copy their question, post it publicly to the whole group, and then respond to it. I see. And so I'll curate the questions that are coming into me every day, and then like once a day or once every couple of days, I'll go through and spend thirty minutes and just answer a bunch of questions. Um, and so, I, frankly, I just I think. There, this is worth talking about because there's a, an, enough here where there's 
become some excitement around the, the product. And I think the ingredients that have made this special are, it's on layer two. So you can actually have, um, when you're submitting a transaction, you're not paying an exorbitant amount in gas fees to be able mm-hmm. to buy and sell into this curve. So you can actually trade in you know dollars. You can buy into somebody's curve for $2 or $3 without the majority of that trade uh, you know, getting denominated in gas fees. That's the bridging the, process was quite easy. What did it bridge to, by the way? I didn't even wasn't even paying attention. It's base. base. So this okay. is Coinbase's L2, which is built on the OP stack, um, and they've made uh, they've made it very easy to bridge. You can go to base.org and take uh, ETH and bridge it to base, and then send uh, your base ETH to the wallet that can fund your Fredin Tech buys. Uh, and when it starts, you know these bonding curves are. You know, they you can buy and sell into somebody's new curve at like two dollars or three dollars or four dollars or five dollars. It's like inexpensive to get started, uh, which is like we haven't really seen that with blockchain-based products in the past. So yeah. I think something about this being on layer two has unlocked something interesting around the design space. The second is I think the bonding curve model we've talked about on this podcast a bunch in the past. There is something really interesting about a real-time bonding curve and the ease of just being able to buy and sell into the curve. And like the price that you're presented with always exists to sell and the price that you're presented with always exists to buy and you can either take it or leave it. And it's a very simplified UX to get exposure to an object or to a, a to content or to whatever it may be. It's almost like uh, Twitter subscriptions, but with powered by crypto and a bonding curve. Yes, yes. Because Twitter subscriptions work very similarly where... Um, by the way, where I actually have some uh, codes that I'm giving away uh, that we're going to put up on the screen here in a second. Those are um, going to be gone in ten times. They're going to be. I have some invite <laughs> codes, so if you can quickly copy these down and go for it, uh, you'll be able to get in. So ready your browsers. Oh, they're there. They're up. Yes. By can the I tell way, about- Kevin? Oh, go ahead. Um, I we were in this prep call for a hundred proof. And I got the ping that <laughs> that he had joined Frentech. And I was just mad that you didn't even tell me before you joined. Dude. And then the moment you joined, it was already too late. You're already you like, I'm right. not that expensive. How much yeah. am I right now? I point, I point one have, ETH. Point one three or something. I don't have that. We're not, <laughs> I'm not made of money. What are you talking about? You have a crummy squiggle. <laughs> priorities. Um, priorities. Squig. priorities. What, what do priorities. we got here? I actually haven't seen this this UI. Is this it's what is this called? This is friend Max. Oh, CT is saying that this is a UI to see people's uh, charts on Frontech. Oh, this so is this cool. is me right here. This is you. Look at that. And Damn. so you can see how my, how my the prices right. fluctuate a little bit. Some people up and to the right. Up who's who's to the right. there? Does it say who sold me? That's the worst part of it is when you see your actual friends selling it. Oh, for Even sure. I think the first day, Derek, you said, <laughs> no hard feelings I, if you need to sell. Yes. I... I Honestly, this is just an experiment. I don't, I told that, like I had, I, I looked this morning and I have about 30 people following me and not one of them were my employees at Collab Currency. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. So I posted to the chat and I was like, why, is, why isn't anyone following me? And a bunch of people had sold me. And I was <laughs> That's like, amazing. I was like, all right, whatever. It's, but like the truth I just, is, I just bought some more Derek, by the way. Let's go. Yeah. Let's this look. is all an experiment. It's super fun. I think uh, you mentioned this, Kevin, but only like play around with what you can afford to lose. Yes. Uh, this is not, this is like, we're so far off the, the risk curve here. So, yes. But, but in terms of ingredients, I think this stuff is actually really important for us to talk about as we start talking about the unlocks that will make consumer crypto big. And there's one third one that I actually want to talk about, which is this is actually not an iOS app. This is a PWA, mm-hmm. which is called a progressive web app. It's built in React. And what I didn't realize is you can actually get the same 
rough functionality of an app, including push notifications, building in this architecture and, mm. and bypass the app store. Right. Yes. And so, which is like kind which of is what in, we need for crypto, which is interesting when we're talking about crypto native payments, which so much of what we're doing here is based on, you know, these economic rails where like rent seeking 30% of a transaction just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And so that third unlock, I think is quite interesting as well. Yeah. I was using uh, the brave browser, which I use on my mobile phone and it was like, Hey, you got to move to Safari to make this work. Mm. And then you, yeah, you're right. You just slide up the share button and then say save to desktop and it puts a little icon. You wouldn't even be able to tell at that point. It's not a native app. I mean, yeah. they're pretty responsive at this point. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, CT, can you go back to the, uh, the, the, the Twitter we're showing friends tech real quick? Yeah, you're not following them, which I thought was weird. <laughs> um, it, it, anyway, just, just something to point out CT. there. CT. I CT's also always... <laughs> That's smart, CT. Don't follow any big accounts who don't follow you. Like, I get it. I get it. Um, by the way, I want to say, kind of related to this, like, artist uh, royalties thing, make sure that you also own some of your shares um, because you want to make sure that you get it early so you don't have to spend uh, to buy your, your shares. shares. So if you Do you get... I don't know. Up, I didn't actually... You get one of your own you shares. You get one of your own shares to you start. You have to buy one, but you no, should it's just... Free. Oh, it's free. Yeah, when you yeah, sign up, you get your, okay, one of your yeah. own shares. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But cool. you should buy more just in case. I don't... Yes, I think that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously like regulatory service area around this stuff. I mean, this is so weird. This is not like what the... <laughs> you think? The SEC, the Securities Act of 33 or 34, it was like not contemplating Frentech when it was written 100 years ago. So this, uh, this, is, this is some weird, uh, like, you know area that we're now finding ourselves in. So I urge people to tread cautiously, play around with it, experiment. Like really the... the yeah, this is like a $20 kind of thing. Where yeah, yeah, don't, you put in a few bucks and you're like, hey, what is this new tech all about? But you know? this is how I have found like spending 20 bucks, 50 bucks on things over the last five years is like how I can understand where interesting things are starting to emerge around crypto and Web3. Yeah. And so it's really important to just put yourself out there and explore and experiment yeah. to understand like, okay, are there ingredients here that can create an application that 100 million people can use? Yeah, it and is. I, it's, yeah. it's very cool that I, I like experiments like this and I agree with you. We'll see more of this in terms of these types of applications that are yeah, sidestepping the app store. Yeah, yeah. I love that CT put in our little notes here. We have a little lower display saying, it's not my account today. It's Proof Podcast. So sorry, CT. Didn't mean to call you out. I know there was a whole Beeple debacle when you weren't following Beeple. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next story, though. Um, Eli. Yes, let's go. What's up, Eli? Let's go. Let's talk Grails, Yeah. Yeah, let's talk Rails quickly. I mean, we wrapped up last Friday, um, and it, I think it was a pretty special moment, uh, both the reveal and celebration and the opening of the physical exhibition. You know, the thing that I'm most struck by finishing up season four is uh, something that I'm increasingly interested in, which is sort of this notion of collecting digitally, but experiencing physically. And this was the first time we really had a physical exhibition where both collectors and artists could find themselves in front of the work from Grails and have a conversation with each other as they uh, look at and observe the work. And so that piece felt uh, quite special. We also had this Grails patron wall this season in the physical space at the Foundry, again, sort of bridging digital collecting with yes. a presence in a physical space. So someone who couldn't be there themselves um, you know, had a piece of them 
in that space do we have uh, a picture on Friday that, and through the exhibition. Or do we, we do, do we... on my Twitter somewhere? Um, it exists. It's pretty cool. It, yes, right? for people like that this don't interesting know, way of... it's an actual physical wall that we we had created here at the space. There, here it is. We can it is. show it up there. Um, kind of awesome that that we could put everyone's names up there and people walked in to see who were the the Grail holders over time. This is a great idea, guys. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, Derek, I saw someone tag you say, "Hey, at, at Glitch, let's get the yeah. uh, full set." It got, it got <laughs> the, uh, the, the wheels turning in my brain a bit, but uh, yeah, you guys are really, uh, you guys are always pioneering some cool stuff, and this is this is something pretty special. So crazy, that he's um, Amanda. Up what? Here. <laughs> I'm sorry that you have to look at me. <laughs> no, in it's that, cool. Uh, you're you're on a screen behind us, which is just a trip. <laughs> Wait, how do I point down at you guys? <laughs> other way. Uh, other way. <laughs> there we go. Uh, look at oh that. God, that's so crazy. <laughs> uh, Amanda, what what stood out to you uh, with season four of Grails? Um, you kind of took my you took my answer with the Grails uh, patron mm. wall. I think it really was, you know, kind of amazing. One of the other things that I thought was really cool is watching how many uh, new Moonbirds wanted to kind of jump in on the fun and seeing a little yeah. bit of that of that like FOMO. Um, how many people, you know, this was one of their first Grails and were super excited to participate. Um, how many people were like sort of like blessed by just picking the art that they liked and it ended up being something really incredible. Like that was really cool. Cause I really feel that this time around more than e ever, people just went for the art they loved. So that was really, really cool to see um, that, you know, a lot of the aesthetic ones or the ones that people liked were ended up being, you know, uh, valuable in one way or the other. So it was just a, a blast. And the live reveal was also so much fun. Husband came, he got to see all of this craziness. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, so it was, it was a blast. So awesome. I, I had a, a really fun, well, so my strategy, I have a strategy here. I'll share with everyone. So my strategy is never to buy on the reveal Yeah. because there's a lot of hype, yes. you know, and you see these really high prices Yeah. and this is just real talk. Like I, you know, and so I, I wait a couple days yeah. <laughs> and I put in, I put in a, a half a ETH bid for this center one here, if we can pull it up, die with most likes. Yes, and oh, I, it got accepted, and so I picked up a die with most likes for a half a e. I love this so cool piece. And dude, I gotta I tell it. you, out of all of the different artists that we had on, don't get me wrong, they all have varying different degrees of talent. I'm not talking about talent, but in terms of just pure, just personality, yeah, and just like comedy, and like just like someone where I'm like, I want to go grab a beer, a beer with this guy. Yeah, Die with Most <laughs> yes. Likes was amazing. Yeah. Like if you haven't seen that clip, go back so and, and go back and watch it. It was it was hilarious, and uh, this piece is gorgeous. It's I'm sorry, so it's it's mm -hmm. really awesome. Um, my husband is now uh, the biggest fan of Die with Most Likes. He's following him on Instagram, and he keeps sending me weird uh, ground beef <laughs> texts now. Like I'm nice. like, okay, we just I just need to go to Walgreens. Can we just? Uh, uh, but he's like obsessed with them. So I think that there's something about Die with Most Likes that everyone really loves. Yes. I love that we're actually going to give away the physical that we have here yes. at uh, at Foundry. Um, That's a print, though, at the right? End. It's a print. It's a okay. print. Correct. Physical yeah. print. Yeah, not the actual. Yeah. Not the actual one. Is he going to give him the sign though? Yeah. Uh, we should figure something out. We should. You, think you can do it and pull it off. Eli, Eli's good. Yeah, we'll like figure that. something out. That that one, maybe not. But then we also, he does have the actual physical <laughs> that was the base of this one. Uh, so so maybe we'll figure out something with that one. Don't. Uh, all Kevin, the I, as well. I've, I've already approached him trying to buy it mm. from him. I, I I literally sent him a DM. I was like, do you want to sell the physical? Because nice. like, it's so <laughs> dope. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, but yes. And as we look ahead to season five, um, a couple of things to note. Uh, you know, we've mentioned maybe that December, our Basel, Miami timeline is something that's interesting. That could be a lot of fun. And then the last thing I'll mention is, you know, we had this notion of a full set holder, someone who owned a piece from all prior seasons of Grails. That feels like uh, something we will continue to probably integrate as we move forward. So uh, already planning and, and thinking about season five, uh, awesome. let's see, a week it. after season four. A couple couple things to to say here. You know, we we've we've obviously get, gotten beat up, had a little bit of like a a sad moment here at the beginning of the show around royalties and where NFTs are going, mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of like, you know, floor prices tank, and it, it, no doubt art is alive and well yes. in NFTs, and 100%. it's it's not a fad. It's durable. It's here. And highly, like if you're watching this right now and you have yet to go and see the latest season that we put out around the video of these artists, don't do it for proof. Go watch it for the artists because there's some amazing artists that we highlight. You'll get to hear their stories. They take us inside their homes oftentimes. And it's just, it's a it's a really fun video. Have it running in the background uh, when you're doing something else. There's, it's a little over an hour long. No, but the it was, videos are incredible. It was amazing. It, there was a couple. There was, uh, I remember, I'm trying to get Mal to get basic on this show we're gonna do it are we really i mean that's the plan we're gonna try we're let's go but in the next probably the next couple of weeks we're gonna figure it oh, out amazing with okay. the anonymous voice and everything i don't know how we're gonna do it <laughs> i mean i'm gonna have to be sitting over there and then sitting here but for for the basic one for the basic video i was just like this is awesome this is so cool so yeah, the videos that, were really that was well a great done. edit Matt everyone did a great edit. everyone crushed it the videos are definitely worth watching uh yeah you guys you guys crushed it awesome yeah on to the next one eli good luck with that man that's uh i know it's a massive effort for you and your team and <laughs> let's uh, go can't wait to see who the next uh, headliner is sam Spratt, mm-hmm. um for the next one so <laughs> one can dream all right yeah. so let's talk uh, mythic egg giveaway all right, so we are going to start our artist spotlight real soon. Eli is going to be talking to Sam Spratt. And so to kind of celebrate that, uh, we are going to have our password hint uh, be about Sam. Sam Spratt, he is famous for his project Skulls of blank. What is that word in the blank? Mm. It's got to be all caps, all right? It's one word, all caps. Make sure you spell it correctly. Um to enter that premit uh, that premit raffle. So if you want to get the link, it is on Twitter. It's in Discord. I'll drop it in the chat for YouTube. Um, get in, um, and then we will do a raffle. It's 24 hours, and uh, we'll announce who the winner is tomorrow. But today we are going to actually reveal the mythic. You'll see which one you will get if you win. So I'm super excited for this. I always spell Let's this go. one correctly, but I, I have a hard time pronouncing it correctly. I just get it confused <laughs> in my head for some reason, but I know how to spell it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Are we ready to do uh, our interview, Eli? Are you uh, good to go? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So we're going to start trailer, by watching. Yeah? That, that's right. Yeah. Let's start with uh, the introduction to the monument game. CT.
Wow. Okay. So Sam, welcome, man. Uh, that was that was pretty incredible. I've seen it now a couple of times, but but uh, each time I watch that, uh, it, it hits different. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Good to see you, man. All right, so let's. Uh, we're we're definitely going to talk about the Monument Game, no doubt, and, and peel back some of the layers. There. But let's go back in your history just for a moment, Sam. I've heard you mention this notion of having a moment of being untethered and perhaps sort of that representing a before and after for you as a creator. Can you talk a little bit about that before period of your life as a creator and some of the work you were doing and then what that untethering moment meant for you as you then went into that next phase of your creative journey? Absolutely. So I, I, I've about a 10 year history as a professional artist. Uh, my very first gig was making about $20 a pop, uh, working for a tech blog, doing editorial cartoons, essentially leveraged that into some jobs for gaming, film, television, doing album covers for logic, Kid Cudi, Donald Glover, Janelle Monet, uh, working on games like Red Dead two, uh, and had a pretty stacked, solid client list, uh, definitely paid the bills um, and did that for about 10 years and let, I think, in that process, uh, a nice cocoon uh, <laughs> of ego uh, build around me of people saying, uh, hey, I saw your thing on Spotify. Uh, I dig this. You're doing a good job. Keep going. Fire emoji, something like that. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was an artist the whole time, but I, I, I essentially entirely missed the point of what being an artist is. I, I had nothing to say myself. And a big part of that is because I spent those 10 years uh, largely a shut-in, alone uh, in my room working, chasing the carrot at the end of the stick that was uh, money and clients and, and uh, not going out, connecting myself to the world, the network. And uh, mm-hmm. when a bunch of different things all went wrong all at the same time, uh, I had not only that 10 years of missing point as an artist uh, to reckon with, but also about 10 years, well, maybe 30 or so actually of missing the point of what it is to be human, to feel your own mind and your body, how to be a friend, uh, how to be in a relationship, everything. Got it. And, and so uh, on that untethering moment, uh, some of that came to light. And uh, I'm curious, was it in that moment and then in the time following where you transitioned from maybe telling other people's stories and world building for others and then sort of uh, recognizing that you had your own, uh, your own story to tell? Is, is that accurate? Maybe you could peel that back a little bit. 100%. Yeah, it's, it, it's exactly that. As uh, when you spend your whole life kind of hiding behind other people uh, and doing uh, their creations for them. You learn a lot. You, you stack up some skills, uh, some abilities, some know-how of what they've done before you. But uh, the downside of it is that uh, you are lost in the process and you sometimes, in my case, don't really know who you are or what you have to say. So Lucy has been uh, not only my first attempt at expressing what that is, finding out who that is, but pretty much every single painting project that I release within it is 
an episodic marker of, all right, I messed up. I missed something the first time around, but I'm mm. trying again. Here's the show. Got it. And, and Sam, let, let's uh, double click into that just for another moment. Uh, with Lucy, are you telling your parts of your own story or are you trying to tell uh, sort of a, a human story, something that, you know, maybe you observe about humanity or, or is it very personal and these are parts of you that you're expressing? It's both. Uh, you know, it's, it's born from uh, violence in my own life and stitching my own mm. world back together uh, for sure. But I think that part of stitching it back together has been a deep recognition that I missed pretty much every very obvious bit of information, knowledge, wisdom that uh, all of human history has laid out before us to try to help us along to live solid lives. And uh, I think if I could miss that, I'm sure others could miss it. And mm. uh, I think as we've all found ourselves into this strange intersection of art, commerce, gambling, degeneracy, uh, I think there's a lot of people who missed something. Even if they succeeded on metrics that most people have commonly agreed on, uh, mm -hmm. I think I, I have definitely found my tribe uh, here among uh, people who are lost in their own ways, just as I would. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Sam, let's talk about sort of the, the different dimensions of, of Lucy um, and, and the way that some of this evolved and the hierarchy and the bonds between these. So tell me if this is, if this is relatively accurate and then you jump in. So you had a one-of-one one that you were selling and ultimately anyone who bid on that piece received the first skulls of Lucy as a so-called bidder's edition, is that where things really kicked off and then you, you distributed more skulls subsequently while also releasing one of ones? Talk us through a little bit sort of that hierarchy and your, your very much meritocratic distribution of your NFTs. That's a hard word to say. For sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, close. Uh, the first three pieces, uh, first three one of ones, uh, Birth of Lucy, Lullabies for Isaac, and First Sacrifice were part of mm. what constituted Lucy Chapter 1. Uh, and so uh, we, everything is episodic. The painting before it is connected to the next and back and so on and so forth. So uh, with Chapter 1, I spent about a year making it as well as observing the space, just kind of quietly stocking it. And I would see these auctions that would take place. And there was this artist, which is a source, a collector, a destination. Uh, but there's this whole amazing story that would unfurl that was the bid history. And so uh, the uh, utilization of that, of anyone that entered into this auction, anyone that paid gas fee, um, I would essentially as a thank you, as gratitude for helping give me a little push for my very first steps into the space to make my own world versus other people's. Uh, look, I, you know, you're giving me some ETH, you're, you're paying into the network. Mm. Um, I will spend the time to paint something for you. This is, you know, at this point, my work is, has no value placed on it yet. I have not, uh, there's mm -hmm. no market movement or anything like that as they were my Genesis pieces. Uh, but, it was, at the very least, a way in which I could take energy someone gave me and return it to mm -hmm. sender in a way that only I know how. Mm -hmm. 
So we had about 40 or so. 40 or so bidders that first time. So I ended up painting 50 skulls in total as each of the three collectors got three. Interesting. And I don't know that I, uh, I've heard you, I'm sure you have somewhere, but uh, what is the origin of the skull uh, in your world? Yeah, so uh, conceptually within the, the story of Lucy, uh, as I've expressed to the council, uh, everyone that, mm. that holds these, is, uh, they are the many little deaths that uh, we have along the way. Uh, I think uh, everyone experiences these moments of uh, an attempt failed and a rebirth, uh, and they kind of rhyme with each other. They, they look similar. They occupy the same form and husk, uh, but we all have one thing unique about us. And so to take that, those who entered into this for me, for my very, very first steps, to imprint one thing similar to each other, but finding a link between us was the intent. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've mentioned this on, on past podcasts. I love how intentional you've been about your community building. You have this core group, the council who holds the skulls of Lucy. And now with the monument game, slightly expanding or maybe creating this outer circle that lives around that core council. Uh, talk about, like, you know, how do you think through community building and expansion of your collector base? You've been so thoughtful. You could have done an open edition. I'm sure there, I've asked you to do grails. Like, you could have done any number of things. Talk about how you sort of conceptualize and plan expansion of your community. Yeah, I, I, I think starts with just being gracious to the beautiful things that have unfurled, right? So those first three collectors um, gave me not only uh, money, which get, buys you time, gives you space to breathe, to think, to, to move, uh, but also gave me confidence. And so I shut out mm. my whole life uh, prior. I, rejected all the album covers for future clients, working on other games, things like that. And I was like, yeah, I just want to do this. Let's, let's see what this can, can be. And I think that when uh, you are provided with these like rare uh, things that are not painful, but are actually like, hey, you fucking go, like keep going. <laughs> uh, you you mm -hmm. got you to take that and do something with it. And, and it's kind of your responsibility actually to take that, not to, all right, I sold something, now let me sell another thing. Uh, I created something, now how do I grow? And so the council, how I move, how I think about all of these systems, and especially mm. within the monument game, is how can not only I rip and tear myself to grow in the process of its creation, but how can I even take those who have supported me and not give them free stuff, but rather pull mm. something out of them, uh, make it so mm. that their interaction with my world is a deep one. They have to think, they have to contribute, they have to judge, give time, they have to take some responsibility to be a part of it, rather than mm -hmm. utility. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, Sam, because uh, I, I think that works in your case, at least through, from my perspective, because you've been able to keep that total number of members quite small and knit um, at scale, it becomes quite challenging to ask people to do really thoughtful, deep work and have everyone, almost everyone do so. Uh, and so I think in, in your thoughtful community building and, and curation of that community, 
uh, it, it's worked so well, clearly, uh, which has been interesting to see. I want to take a, a quick uh, tangent, Sam, and then we'll let, let's focus on the monument game. Uh, one one note think- on that, though, man. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, it's it's an interesting thing because you're you're correct that while it's small, it's easier to, to handle. Mm. But I think, and this is a conversation that I've had with uh, Snowfro actually because mm-hmm. uh, he he knows this very well. Is to grow, but to understand the growth as you are experiencing it, meaning to build rungs in a way that you have a grasp mm. of what the responsibility or mantle of a certain degree of more people around you actually means before you create 10,000 of them. There's something to that as well. Yeah, well said. It's a great point. Um, okay, just just quickly, given time, Sam, let, I want to jump uh, away for a moment, then back to the monument game. When, when you think about your work, um, how would you like to see someone engage with it? And where would you, what are the environments you'd like to see it show up? Meaning, um, do you desire to see your work in museums and physical galleries? Or are you happy or maybe even desire for it to be mostly consumed digitally? Do you have a, a, a sort of perspective on how someone, you ideally how someone would engage with your work and where it would show up? So... I think, and this connects directly into what the monument game is, but for me, uh, about, about a year ago, I released uh, the seventh painting in the Lucy series, Worm Food, which sold at Christie's to Kazomo. And while I was making that, even though I was very proud of the painting, I, I still love it very deeply, um, I felt, after having been painting for 15 years, I felt almost like the, the profound limitations of it. Um, and mm. I think for a painter, there's this natural inclination of, okay, well, m- maybe if I did something in 3D or I made it move, like, like an animation, or, oh, it's a sculpture now. All right, what, what if it's AI or painstakingly handcrafted? Uh, that's the next advancement. And I think being in the space and experiencing the, these bonds, like the skulls across a network, mm. revealed to me that there is actually a very different trajectory that art can head in, which is communal and participatory. And for Mm. me, that is a brutal realization because it essentially means that image making, the thing I've been doing my whole life, is not enough. It's it's done, Mm. right? It it doesn't mean it's not um, loved or cared for or uh, important or special in some way, but that it can't contain the story needed. Like we, we have to participate in it in some way. And that's where the monument game was born from. So whether that's in a physical space or a digital space, I think so long as it facilitates this concept, not of, hey, here's just a beautiful image, uh, but here's something that you are explicitly designed to connect and even collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Let, let's use that as an entry point to, to talk more deeply about the Monument Game, Sam. Give us, uh, you know, maybe both the sort of high-level mechanics of how this is working with the players and that initial distribution from the council to one additional player each. Talk us through some of those mechanics and then uh, you, you're maybe also sort of your intent with the entire project. Absolutely. So... The Monument Game is 
something that we are building with Nifty Gateway, and we've been working on it for the last year. What that means is we have essentially built an entirely separate platform that is being built on top of Nifty and is taking it over during the duration of the Monument game. It is centered around one painting. Uh, this painting is titled The Monument Game, and it is uh, something that I've been working on since I created Warm Food over the last year. It is the most intricate, dense, and complex thing that I've ever made. It is something that I spent months just writing stories and weaving them together, storyboarding how they flow and move into one another before even a sketch uh, was created. But that painting can't really exist just on Twitter or on a, a marketplace, right? It's There's too much that has gone into it. It would be wasted in that space, right? There's a reason a giant painting needs a museum to be displayed, and it usually needs a bench in front of it to consume it. So to create that digitally meant I need to create an entirely new platform. And Nifty, of all places, was actually very interested in doing this. I sat down with Duncan Cockfoster and he greenlit it before he exited Nifty and put about 15 people and developers on it, uh, mm. front end, back end protocol, UI, UX, to essentially create a digital viewer for this one one. Uh, something you can zoom and pan around as easily as the Photos app on your phone, but that you can also annotate a top of you can leave an observation of what you find as easily as like writing a tweet mm -hmm. but in order to do that i also having created these skulls and these one of ones started thinking about what does an outer rung look like i as you kind of alluded to the these idea of like an open edition all right yeah yes of course a lucy open edition suddenly under the guise of accessibility and affordability mm -hmm. could go out to 10,000 people, probably clear a good chunk of change. Um, but mm -hmm. what do I do with that? Tr truthfully, like I, I and, and I couldn't yeah. honestly answer it. And I don't see my life as um, I'm going to cash in the moment I first experienced something I really, really love and enjoy doing. My, now my life is how do i make my entire life this how do, how do i grow mm. not just from this moment but forward and that requires uh smaller steps but intentional ones so that one of one there is also a ticket 256 tickets which begin as entries to observe to leave a written description of what you see what you feel what you a piece of yourself to put on top of the painting. And then at the game's close, when the auction for the one-on-one ends and the observation window ends, which is August 24th, then they are minted as my very first edition work. So 256 editions. But what is special about those is that the metadata, the trait data, the description is the observation that was left mm. by the player. And so at that point, they now have this edition, right? And and that on its own is great, cool, good. It's beautiful. But the Monument Game is a game, right? It's a, thank you. It, it is, by being a game, in my eyes, you need a reason to play. In mm. being in this space, 
I, though, though I maybe exist more on the art end of it, I am fascinated by the people who are playing all kinds of little games within NFTs and crypto. And I thought, well, what if we could just kind of take a little bit of that and make something that actually promotes what in my eyes is more interesting behavior. And so mm-hmm. the moment you collect this ticket, it is really a wasted transaction if you do not give a piece of yourself to the painting, right? Because you are playing to win. And what you're playing to win for is these three skulls of Lucy, right? So this is what Kazomo, Barat, Vince, Snowfro, like uh, an incredible, incredible group yeah. of some of the faces best hold. And these three seats on the council are voted on by the council. So all of my existing collectors are the voting body who will determine who joins them. And what is most valuable to them and to me is not buying them, right? These things are born as gifts. Mm-hmm. It is your observation. It is what you leave on top of the monument game. And the, this game, these four pillars of the painting, the game, the tickets, and the reward mm-hmm. form what I hope what I believe will be deep interconnected links between my one of one, my skulls of Lucy, and now the players where these, Mm. right. The, the one of one is the object of attention. It's what everyone's pointing their mimetic energy at. The skulls of Lucy are the object desire. They're the, they're they're the community wrapped around it, the, the tightest little group. And then the players, there's pathways in for them. And, thinking about these pathways is very important to me because I'm not interested in this idea of airdrops, free things. It feels unintentional. It feels careless. Mm-hmm. It feels uh, like a giveaway, it, you know, as the, the kind of thing that you would see a, an ad for on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a way to give things away that is meaningful then I'm interested. So what yeah. I did was I gathered the council around and each one of them, I said, I'm going to give you one of these tickets. And now you can't keep it. You got to give it to someone who you believe in, who you love or support an artist you think is just amazing, whatever, but it's your choice. I'm my, my, my finger is not on the scale. Here, mm-hmm. Right. You, you, you make that choice. And by doing so, involve them in the creative process and by involving them in the creative process they've now fulfilled one responsibility and then their second is to place a vote to see who joins them in the end i love it sam and only one of us on this show uh was selected uh mr Derek edwards over there <laughs> so, so lucky him by, 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 by snow which is a beautiful Elrond. selection yeah. yeah well sam i mean this is um you know just a continued expression of uh, your thoughtfulness and the way that you're building through meritocracy. Um, there's so many layers here. And just so that, that uh, we get the, sort of the details right, on August 21st, which is Monday, observations will, no, the, uh, the, the sale begins for 209 player tickets. Is that right? And then observations close on August 24th. Just give us those couple quick dates and anything Absolutely. people should keep in mind going into next week. Yeah, so uh, you, you got it. August 21st, uh, earlier in the day, 
the collector of the IOU for the one allow list spot, which was PTM, uh, he will be getting in there. He uh, won the Christie's auction. We gave 19, he uh, bought it for 19 and a half ETH, donated all the proceeds to MAPS for psychedelic uh, research and psychedelic assisted ther- therapies. And so he'll be getting in first. He basically left keys to the castle before anyone mm-hmm. to leave his observation. Once his observation is left, uh, then at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, it will open for everyone. What that means is the one-of-one auction that everyone is viewing will open, but also the ability to purchase a ticket, which, because this is nifty, mm. can be done via your nifty balance, uh, Apple Pay, card, uh, or ETH, uh, obviously. We default to that. And mm-hmm. Uh, there are 209 available because all the others were chosen by either council members or constitute uh, the one collected by PTM. And then uh, they will have four days from August 21st to 24th to sit with the painting. Like, get in there. Look around. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a game of where's Waldo. It, it might look like it at first. Like, what's this little code over here? But mm-hmm. uh, what I hope is that with enough of a carrot at the end of the stick that someone will slow down, stop the scroll Mm -hmm. and through the intentionality of their purchase and the understanding that their purchase will kind of be worth less than all the others. If they don't give their all to it and play to win, uh, that they leave something that is a a genuine, honest to God piece of themselves, their lives, Mm -hmm. something that they could contribute written that no one else could. Uh, hmm. At games closed August 24th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, it will close the moment the one-of-one one auction, uh, which is a manifold auction, actually, embedded mm-hmm. within Nifty Gateway. Uh, mm-hmm. Once that closes, uh, the game will close, observation window will end, and then the council will begin and deliberate. It's at that point you will actually own this edition. You have nothing to trade during Got the it. game yeah. once you've collected this. It's at that point that you can trade it. However, one thing to keep in mind is that if you do collect this ticket and you are perhaps more a trader or flipper or something to that effect, um, if you trade your ticket away while the council is deliberating and that was selected Mm. as the winning observation, you have also Mm. traded away your ability to (laughs) win the game and claim the skull. I love it. And the reason for this is it is these observations which are what yeah. is valuable to me. Yeah. Well, I can't wait, Sam. Uh, I know uh, e- even absent a ticket and not being a player, one can view the work and I think view the observations. So, so that might be the role I play uh, as a, a spectator. Cannot wait, Sam. I know, Derek, you, Kevin, you as well, uh, you've been longtime fans of Sam and now the Monument Game. I know we're, we will all be watching very closely. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, can you hear us? I can, yeah. Yeah, one just last quick question from my end, and then Derek, I'd love for you to ask one as well. You know, one of the things that always is is, really strikes me about your work is just that that level of detail that you can, like to your point, you can zoom in and just really see the effort and work and, um, you know, attention to detail that you put into these pieces uh, with this this NFT, um, will there ever be a physical print with it? Like you mentioned, having a bench in front so you can sit and watch and just observe and take it all in. 
Um, have you thought about that? And then also, what's the resolution of this file? Just out of curiosity, to get a little geeky, if someone wanted to reproduce it. Yeah. So within our viewer, the painting is twenty thousand pixels. So everyone, we we have worked very hard, the engineers at Nifty, to get that twenty thousand pixels performant and snappy, where you can zoom and pan around it. Uh, and that's pretty dense on its own. The actual mm -hmm. painting is actually 30,000 pixels. So you could print this 35 feet wide, uh, and it would be at a very, very high fidelity. That's amazing. Wow. God, that's so cool. I, yeah, very yeah. rarely See, will. It took a year to make, so. <laughs> amazing. Very rarely will I feel um, just compelled to kind of like want to spend time and attention and dig in um, and like activate it around a project or a game. And uh, I just uh, am honored to participate. I'm ready for the challenge. And that video, man, that teaser video, I was just like, what do take my ETH? Like, this I know. is amazing. It's really, it was so well done. And I think the attention to detail and the work itself that you're flagging as is clearly coming across in the, the full game experience that Sam's created here. So I am. I'm excited to, to step into the arena, Sam. Uh, Derek, it's it's an honor to have you. Uh, Eric spoke incredibly highly about you when he selected you, and to the rest of the council, you know, explained how much he's learned from you in the process over the years. So uh, thrilled to have uh, a brain like yours in the mix. And uh, yeah, I, you know, the you got to throw everything at it if yeah. you're going to make something. So Good. we cool. did for this. Love it. Everything. Very cool. I and I especially love how you know you're an art, an artist that's in a position where, to your point earlier, could do a 10k collection with the snap of your fingers and sell it out in two seconds. And just that that idea of not taking that road and being really thoughtful about how you you know expand this in a way that's meaningful. It's uh it's it's applaudable uh, for 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 not going for the quick win as as some do as you know so uh thank you for that as well you know th thank you and i guess what i would add to that is also i've been able to watch and observe that you know people who took those steps before me so it's it's not like i, I was early to this and instantly uh had that i was able to uh, observe other people's steps and missteps watching what happens when uh, the mantle of responsibility of 10,000 people is suddenly on you and, uh, what, uh, what happens. Um, and I, th that's it. It's, it's, it's a reaction to people who took harder steps before me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Always an honor to have you on and you're welcome back anytime, please. Anytime you have anything to talk about, we'd love to have you. We'd love to chat more in depth, man. Anytime. Thank you right. so much for having, having me. Uh, Mal behind the scenes, Eli, Stevie, Derek, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Awesome. Have a good weekend. Take care. That was amazing. Awesome interview. Yeah. Eli, Eli's gotten really good at those too. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Eli. That was that was an epic interview, man. You're you're he's so good. Yeah. He just like stepped into like hosting grails and totally. like the whole thing. It's been, it's, awesome. it's been awesome to watch. And kudos to Sam. This is gonna be I mean, this is gonna be so much fun. Oh, we dude. got three days, five hours, twenty minutes, one second. I wanna see your heart and soul pour poured. I'm gonna this, spend dude. quite a bit of time on this thing. I'm yeah. excited about this. Go out in the woods and do some mushrooms <laughs> and shit and come back with something. I won't be the same man when I return. That's right. 
All right, uh, let's do this. Amanda, you ready? I'm ready. AKA Stevie. I am ready. Ready to hatch. Yes. I, I was supposed to share my screen. I did it. Uh, Is it not working? But they're, they're switched over to me, I think. That's fine. That's cool, though. Um, I'm... But, are we good? Let's. Oh, I think we're ready to hatch. Here oh, it yeah. is. Here we go. We're ready to hatch. Let's what, go. I'm what if excited. it hatched to Sam Spratt? It'd be like, fuck. I think it's going to hatch the Fidenza. Uh, I think it's going to hatch the Fidenza cloak that you wanted so bad. And then we're going to oh have to just God. give it away. Okay. So as we said, the we are rose. going to hatch this runic egg. So we're going to kind of go through the process. I love this process. I think it's been really cool to just kind of watch um, other people do it. But we are going to do it. And Arunic gives you two choices. Yes. And just a reminder, when you see these two choices, whichever one is not selected is gone forever. Forever. So that series and combination of attributes will never return uh, in this lifetime. Okay, here we go. Successfully burned. Oh, I'm excited. Click to reveal. All right. Do not refresh. Oh, yeah. This is that part where we have to wait for the blockchain to do some magic. Yeah. Oh, man. We're on an L1, so this is going to be about 10 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I think it's cool to see the Shrine of, un- of the Unwoven to kind of see. That's the the page that we call, uh, you know, where all the, the you know, not selected mythics go to, mm-hmm. go to die. It's been kind of cool to kind of see the ones that people aren't going for. Um, it's also funny because I feel like uh, a lot of people's sort of default thing to do is to go for the ones that have the legendary mm-hmm. tags. But if we have a bunch of legendaries, They're no then longer it's legendary. no longer, no longer <laughs> legendary. So it's kind of teaching you to just pick the one that you like instead of going for uh, for the rares. All right, reveal Mythic 1. Okay, let's take a look at Mythic 1. Ooh, okay, we got a Dread Guy. A little it's fishing pole. Hambone Dread Guy. I like this little guy. I like it's that cool. guy. Yeah, this guy's cool. We That's got like it. dark, a little evil. A little evil. I love that the traits are broken down on the right here. Yeah, yeah. it shows you all the That's really rarity cool. types for each one. Exactly. So how many times it's been minted? Oh, Not that's so, so useful. Yeah. Very so cool. even though you don't know exactly, you know, how things are going to go, at least you'll have a good enough guess. You kind of so know great. what's being chosen so far. Yes. Kind of calibrate. That's yeah. cool. Yes, exactly. And then, oh, man, I'm scared. Let's go. Uh, okay. All right. I like that body, though. The goo the body's, body's good. Yeah. I like the goo body. How many goo bodies have been minted? 40 have been minted. Um, This wizard hat with the with the headshot. That's kind of fun. I like that it's one. It's a good beak. I like that trait. That with the, have you seen the Fidenza hat, Derek? Pillow? No. Oh, my gosh. There's the, a Fidenza hat? Oh, my God. I've only seen the Fidenza cloak. The Fidenza hat's dope. It's has anyone dope. got the Fidenza hat and the Fidenza cloak? It can't do it because the cloak has a, a hat already on it. Oh, that's like right. Over the that head. makes sense. Yeah. All right, guys. What should we do? Mm. What's your vote? Is, was, let's Let me start see with TV. Let me see what the chat is saying. Yeah, what's the chat saying? Uh, you know, it, it's really easy anything. to go with the dark one because that is, oof, this is like kind of a tie for me. Yeah, they're both pretty sweet. They're both sweet in different ways, right? Yes. Like the dark one you can go for and always say like, okay, you know, blacked out's always cooler and it, it typically is. But then the blue one, that's like a sick body. Mm-hmm. The hat, I'm, a, I'm a so-so on the hat. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in battle. He's seen a little action. Didn't hit him, but, you know, he's been out there. <laughs> Shit. Everyone's saying number one, number one, number, number one. one? Number Even one. Justin Mazel is saying. Uh, he doesn't count. Yeah, what does he know? What yeah. does that guy know? Should we throw a curveball and choose two? Just to piss everyone off. 
Um, I want to go. I mean, I listen. I want to have a conversation about you and your crazy glitch. Everyone is asking me to make sure that we talk about. All that. Right, let's so go with number sure one, so that, that whoever gets I'm this, into like, one. Be pissed at I'm us. into one. Yeah, yeah, I'm into one. Okay, Two so is a better PFP, but one is is pretty cool. Just tell me about one's got one's got spunk. I like one. Yeah, he is fishing though, which is you know. <laughs> I don't Not, know. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to go. We're ready to choose. Ready to choose. We are going to go with uh, option one. Let's go. And I selecting like option it. one. There we go. Minting. Let's go. All right. All right. So right. you want to switch over to real quick? I know we're, we don't have much time left for the show, but uh, yeah, you want to talk about the glitch? Yes. Let's please. Let's talk about the glitch. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull up uh, a cool uh, tweet about it. Um, oh, cool! This is the open C. Yeah, so trade. I used I opened it with serious. I, I oh, wait, did a little open C. Yeah, it's up. It's it's up. There it is, oh, right there. Nice. Yeah. So I used the open C um, trade fee functionality. And, oh, and, this is cool. And hit serious up on it and was like, we went back and there's forth. There's a squiggle in there. Yeah, yeah. I know. He, and ETH. Listen, and ETH. My oh, God. there's four ETH in there. Listen, it was it was a big trade, but th there's there's only six of these glitches. And it's like, you know, they rarely come up. I like the glitch. And I, I want to do glitch on glitch. That's the X copy background that yes. can only be enabled if you own a Max Payne. Yes. So glitch on glitch for me felt really special. I wanted to have like one just really epic Moonbird. Yes. Like yeah. one of the, the rarest of the rare. I, I will not lie. I have considered buying one of these glitches. The, this, yeah. this trait is goaded. It's I, goaded. I actually love 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 the glitch birds yeah this is cool man congratulations this this Dude, just happened it happened yesterday last night yeah well so done they it got was, good <laughs> mythics in there got a link it was insane to watch kevin going back and forth between the the different dr deals he started off kind of light and cirrus was like nah no thank you uh and then he just kept adding to it and mm. then and then cirrus was like i mean because he was like throw squiggle in and maybe we'll talk and then you did and then you got it i mean wow. that's amazing it's making me want to do one because I've always wanted a squiggle bird. So I think I might try to do that. Uh, yeah. Use that deal These trades are fun. Like yeah. right yeah, now, nobody nobody fun. wants to part with a bunch of ETH, but we all have stuff that we'd like to change it up a little bit, you yes. know? Yes. And like, why not do some crazy trades? Like, yeah. let's 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 have to get some new fresh PFPs or pr fresh NFTs in our wallets. I like it. I found a, a tweet for me um, in April saying, I wish you could just trade NFTs for NFTs and just cut out this ETH middleman. Oh, they copied and then your they, shit. They, they stole my idea, goddammit. No. <laughs> no, I'm just loving that it's it's possible. I kind of want to play around with it today. I'm going to go throw some wild bids out today. Do you know, I haven't actually tried this yet. Do you know if um, they take a percentage of, if there's a ETH uh, bid that's part of it, do they take a percentage I of that? I didn't see anything about that. Okay. No, I think it's just straight up trade. Cool. That is interesting, though. They're just like, use it. However you want, please just come yeah. use our platform, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what they're doing. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. I like it. Yeah. Good job, Kev. Yeah. It's, it's, awesome. it's, it's nice to have uh, one that is just like, you know, one of the rarest of the rare, which I had never had. I had a Firehead yeah. Bird was the rarest I ever got because the prices shot up so fast. Yep. I wasn't really expecting them, you know, so to, to go up that quickly. So, um, yeah, this is a great, great time to jump in. Grail season. Let's go. All right. Well, that was a fun show. Yeah, it was. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. We got a, we got a lot done. I like the new format. I like the stage. Stage I is like, great. I like Amanda right here where mm -hmm. we can see her. I like, we can see Mao, too. You like Mao's me all the way over. During the middle of the thing. <laughs> uh, Eli crushed the interview. This was awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. I like Eli all the way in Canada. That's great. <laughs> yeah, not too close. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Man. I love that. Was fun. Here. That was a great Move show. Me. Yeah, awesome interview with Sam. By the way, thanks. Special thanks to Sam Spratt yeah. for coming on the show, yes. uh, giving yeah. us his time, especially before a big. Uh, you know, unveiling and, and game that he has coming up, which yep. is just really creative. Um, all right, so that is it. Um, catch 100 Proof live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, always live Friday. He had four shots of espresso in here today. I'm not kidding you. It's true. He may die after this episode. How do you do four we shots? We got to do it. We we taper down as the as time goes on. I'm, I'm drinking matcha after two o'clock. There we go. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone. And we're still here. And we're still here. <laughs>